Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The Scottish Football Podcast, it sounds like a few teenagers having a self-indulgent jerk-off <laughs> With me today, I have two gentlemen, well, first of all, I'm Graham Thulis, and with me today, I have two gentlemen entirely adept at blowing their own trumpets. We've got Robert Borthwick. Thank you. And Tom Watt. Hello. Uh, so as Celtic have shifted to Thursday now to play their European games for some reason or another, uh, we've actually got very little to talk about about actual football today. Um, the Rangers game was earlier on today and they managed to survive. It was like it was like the World Cup all over again. That three o'clock afternoon kickoff, it was fantastic. Um, I fucking superb, great stuff. Yeah. Two sendings off, still managed to not lose. Kyle Lafferty playing it right back for about half an hour. It's like it's like an all new version of the banter years where Rangers are actually all right, but yeah. it's still funny. Credit yeah. too, yeah, yeah. Bulldog spirit. <laughs> Uh, so with that in mind, um, we actually have nothing else to talk about. So it was nice to hear from you all, and we will speak to you on Monday. Get in touch, terracepodcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> anyway, so as there's been a, a bit of a debate this week um, and an ongoing debate, um, we thought we'd talk about Murrayfield or Hamden. Are we turning up Scottish football history by thinking of leaving Hamden? Is having a tram near uh, the be all and end all of every transport option that we need? And will the SFA have blood on their hands if some people have to get on a train? I have been bathing in the tears of Glasgow-based journalists during this entire <laughs> debate. It's incredible. I think that the Glasgow-based hacks and journalists, I think they're the only ones that actually care about this, like properly care about it, because I've not seen any opinion really from anyone else that's as strong as blood on their hands. Uh, yeah, blood on their hands. Um, ripping up history, all this stuff. It's like, get a grip, Seriously. 
There's history still exists wherever something is. It doesn't have to be a phys- a phys- history isn't a physical space. <laughs> Otherwise, anything in Central Europe prior to or post nineteen forty five doesn't exist. Aye, aye, yeah. it's it's nonsense. But I mean, Matthew Lindsay. Let's talk about that. Um, <laughs> it is the weakest, most horrendous take I have ever experienced in my life regarding any issue that I've ever seen. That's low praise. It <laughs> <laughs> is. Low praise. Um, but it was an unbelievable tweet that he's for some reason, didn't delete. Um, yeah, it's still there. It's still there. I mean, when, when I last saw it, the ratio was 70 comments, no retweets and no likes. And that's, that's. I mean, I don't know a lot about social media, but that's bad ratios. That's, that's uh, bad. Graham, Graham, you've, you've you left far too early there. It's now got nine retweets, all from folk taking a piss out of it. <laughs> and it's got about 390 responses. <laughs> um, it's unbelievable. But I mean, basically, I mean, you, you look at the bare bones of, of what he was saying is if you sent 67,000 Rangers and Celtic fans to Edinburgh, um, there would be carnage, there would be blood on hands. It's absolute nonsense. I mean, Edinburgh is transport-wise, probably a bit better than Glasgow to get into anyway. Obviously, when you get into Glasgow, that's a different a different story. Yeah. But, I mean, he's like, he's like you know, ah, this, this is unworkable. Right, so Celtic fans go from Queen Street to Haymarket. Yep. Rangers fans go from Central to Waverley. This so is that's a, that one ticked off. I mean, it, there's simple, so many different simple. ways you can get around it and you can make it work. 52,000 Hearts and Hibs fans went in the other direction they got on alternate trains because it was worked out because obviously you'd work it out yeah. and it was absolutely fine and it's the, the suggestion that every one of the 67,000 attending Murrayfield or every single one of them is going to be getting on the train they're all coming from Glasgow <laughs> I'm very fucking good <laughs> Jesus Christ um, but it's, you know it's a nonsense point and he was shot down by everybody it's the first time I've ever seen uh, no it agreement. It brought everyone together, though. It did. There's a great sense of harmony to Twitter for, a good, for the last 48 hours. It was, yeah, like, it was like that Burnley kid taking the piss out of Aberdeen. Like, everyone like, into this. Have him. <laughs> fucking flay him. String him up. As soon as Jim White wrote that article about uh, Scottish football on the decline, it had that feel about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, patently, it's, it's nonsense. But I don't think that's the deciding factor on whether um, Hamden should move... Uh, sorry, uh, Hamden should be sort of stopped and the Murrayfield era begins. It's, that's not the argument for me. Um, but yeah, it's just... We do seem to have remarkable timing with this sort of stuff as well, as there's discussions about possibilities of having like a UK-wide World Cup. We're not even sure where we're going to play Scotland games, <laughs> which of our stadiums are going to host this World Cup pie-in-the-sky idea. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, I mean, it, I don't know how you, people really... Scotland, Scotland games have been moved around the country for as long as Scotland have been played. Yep. It, like I, I would struggle to care if Scotland are playing at Easter Road or if they're playing at McDermott Park or you know wherever. It, it would just be nice for us to be good. Yeah, it, yeah. That's 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 the fundamental fundamental thing. And again, people are like oh, you can you can have smaller games played at other stadia, but again, smaller games are only smaller games if Scotland are crap. Yeah, yeah. So smaller games. Like again, when you go back to, for example, what was it, Scotland v Georgia, which you would look on paper at any point and say that's one of the smaller games, you can move that to another stadium. Hamden was sold out in the day because the game mattered because Scotland were on the brink of qualification, so every game at that point mattered before Craig Beatty shinned one in, or Steve McManus shinned one in. And again, the idea that there's no atmosphere at Hamden as well, which is one which continues to be bandied around, it's a lot of bollocks as well. Again, the atmosphere's good if Scotland are good, it's absolutely zero to do with. with that that's the probably, space you put it in. That's that's one of my one of my largest annoyances is uh oh, the atmosphere. The atmosphere. It's like stadiums don't generate atmosphere, fans do. Yeah. 
It's how much noise the fans are making. Murrayfield is incredibly loud. I've been for, um, I fucking hate rugby, but I've been for rugby games there. And when the the national anthem's sung, it's a full 67,000. The atmosphere's fantastic. It's great. 67,000 80-minute Patriots. Smashing. <laughs> 67,000 Tories, but um, basically. <laughs> but I've been at Hamden as well when it's been a, a sold out, you know, both for domestic and for international games. And yeah, it gets a, a great... What was it like great... when you sung the God Save the Queen as a Hearts fan there? What was it like singing the national anthem there? <laughs> Come on, <man. laughs> don't, don't tar me with that brush. <laughs> I'll tar what I want to That's utterly fair. Seeing the amount of cretins and the Hearts support now. Anyway, that's not the point. Um, both stadiums generate a great atmosphere. So if, if you're going to get all sort of... Uh, Bent out of shape about the atmosphere in one or the other, again, it's... Aye. Plus, there's 15,000 more in one than there is in another, and 15,000 have been in Tynecastle when there's only 15,000 people there. It still makes a hell of a noise. Yeah. Add that on top. It's not as simple an equation as that, but it's it's a nonsense um, thing to bring up. I They're both bowl-shaped. They're both far away from the pitch. There's there's no massive difference. Yeah. I think it seems to have been like a, a six-month-long PR campaign that no one really wanted or, or cares about that much, other than as a talking point. Yeah. Because... It was great over the summer. It was terrific over the summer, yeah. But I mean, I don't think anyone was remotely surprised that a decision that didn't need to be taken by the governing body at any point wasn't taken (laughs) and the cameras kicked down the road a little bit because why not? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't don't think there's any... any, There's not been a huge amount of uh, pushing for... Murrayfield's obviously angling for it a little bit more um, than... Than the, the Hamden camp, if there is such a thing. Obviously, other rivers of blood aside, or whatever. whatever uh, my 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 only sort of real great concern with it is one way or another is that Hamden right now is at a better position than it's ever been in the entirety of its history, or certainly in its, its modern incarnation. And that after the Commonwealth or before the Commonwealth Games, there was a a pile of work done to it they did a bunch of work to the north stand to the catering facilities with inside it as well with the upcoming Euro 2020 as well they've added um, the brand new screens in there which again if you've seen are just absolutely incredible in terms of things that they can do because they have to be that standard in order to host those games you would imagine there'll be a, a series more tidying up done before Euro 2020 as well yeah there's further developments to come yeah. Development, yeah. so come 2020 at the point where we would either be staying or leaving if we were to leave at that point seems somewhat mad and at that point it'll be in the finest state it has been and then to say that's great lads thanks for thanks for all of the work that you've done here um, let's just uh, lock the doors somebody turn out the lights before you come out and then we're good and we'll, we'll just carry on from there it just seems it, I mean it seems like a perfect Scottish football metaphor in one way or another <laughs> um, but also it just seems a bit of a mad way to deal with things But the only, the only thing I, w- I would say though is in, in in situations where I don't particularly care one way or another, I try and go against the absolute arseholes. <laughs> and like oh, the, the people who are die like died in the wool, there will be a, apocalypse if we leave uh, Hamden. Yeah. Are absolute melts. And so like I'm I am just just there, there's got to be some logic in going against what they do. So yeah. you're, cool. 
let's just go to you know I don't care where we go let's let's build a new stadium in Livingston or something let's do something that's going to piss all these people off because they're terrible Aye, let's do something to annoy everyone put in Aberdeen yeah. <laughs> yeah. no no because that will annoy me because there's no situation in which a decision should be made on the basis that people from the northeast that are savages can't work a fucking bus table. <laughs> like that's not my responsibility there uh, yeah I'm uh, one, one final point for me is that I'm utterly fucking fed up of hearing from politicians who have no fucking interest in football, don't go to football, um, but want to stick their own in because it's important to them. Yeah, Ruth Davis. Amen. Adam McVeigh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Magic. So, um, I think we've covered that with absolutely no great authority. So Absolutely none. And we didn't, we didn't even say what we'd prefer because we don't have a preference. No, not particularly. Okay. No. no. Cool. Oh Smashing. So we'll move on. Um, so with the, the transfer window gliding to a gentle close, like a top quality Velox window, available in various sizes with flexible installation dates, buy Velox. Um, <laughs> there's some ongoing deals and dramas unfolding as Mr. Dembele showing that he gets it by potentially Dembexit or Dembele away. Christ, there's a stretch. I mean, I, I actually thought for a good 15 minutes, I was very bored. Good 15 minutes of, of puns to use for this, but it's like, really, it's really, I was really pushing it there. So no, there's, there's nothing. I would also just like some free stuff from Vlox, so <laughs> just get in touch, lads. That's fine with me. So, uh, obviously, the story is Mr. Dembele's potential transfer to Leon. Um, obviously, they've just sold their boy Mariano to Real Madrid as yep. well, freeing up a lot of funds for them. Uh, there are some rumours tonight that Celtic have uh, rejected an offer. Um, <clears throat> in order to keep him and and they would expect him to stay for um, the well, at least until January you'd imagine yep. um, but I think the, the, the wider thing to talk about is, is the absolute catastrophe that is uh, Celtic's transfers <laughs> at the moment uh, not just at the moment but, but generally uh, you know Lee Congerton the, the ghost in the shadows of Celtic Park who just appeared for one photo shoot signed a bunch of shite players and then was blamed <laughs> two years later uh, and Brendan Rodgers and Peter Lawwell their sort of relationship and how that came to a bit of a head obviously with the John McGinn stuff it's just been quite interesting to see how a team can break a transfer record and still say that the, the board isn't backing the team Oh, but there's, um, it's net spend or of net spend. I, I mean, obviously, um, after 2012, um, Celtic fans are financial experts now, so I, I do get that. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's just ludicrous. Um, looking at it from the way that I'm looking at it, so you know, there's, there's people saying uh, they're not reinvesting into the yep. team, and then uh, I said, well, they are reinvesting. You broke your fucking transfer record to get a guy, and they said, oh, well, that money was from Armstrong and uh, Sviatchenko, none of whom had gone by then at that stage. That's yep. by the that's by the by. So I said, right, well, how can they sign someone if Dembele's not away yet? Uh, uh, Van Dyke <laughs> Champions League, uh, and they just started shouting about a bunch of things at me. I don't have any doubt in my mind that if Celtic had concluded a deal today for Dembele to go for whatever twenty two and a half million. 15 million whatever was quoted yep. I think they would put I think they would put that some of that money back into the squad to get another top class striker because an injury prone Edward and whatever the fuck Lee Griffiths is now isn't really going to cut the mustard I think they would reinvest I think it's it's just a strange situation that they kind of found themselves in I think it's kind of baffling that the player they signed for nothing to be a 
eight-figure transfer fee and is about to be an eight-figure transfer fee is suddenly like this bone of contention for them all. <laughs> They're like, no, they can't let him go. They can't. Like, we've been hearing for the last couple of years about the fact that this guy's going to you know, smash all Scottish outgoing transfer records and make them so much money that's going to be, you know, like they're going to be able to rebuild the lights at Parkhead in gold. <laughs> and now that looks like it's going to happen and they don't really need him given that they've signed apparently a replacement. The fact that they've waited until 24 hours for the end of the transfer window, again, they don't need a striker, they don't need a replacement for him, but there's like holes you could drive buses through at centre-back. Like, take a look at yourselves. It's not like one transfer, it's not like, you know, the, the, the problems at, the, the, at Celtic with their transfers have not like popped up suddenly. They've needed a centre-back for three windows and still haven't signed one. They have sold players, they've moved players on, they've chucked money at absolute shite and they've tried a bunch of different stuff and they still haven't solved that problem and now they're talking about the the guy that was meant to make them, you know, a couple of years worth of Champions League money in one fell swoop going to a club that's willing to pay it and they're all again do we believe that if Celtic had gone through in the Champions League and were currently heading to the group stages do we at any point believe that Dembele would have stuck around in any case I think if, if a deal like Lyon or, or Marseille came up then he would be off anyway yeah. I, I, I think I think that was always going to happen, and that that was the plan. I think in his head that was always going to happen that as well. Yeah. He's like, he's like, right, I'm no staying here for that long. Like, I, you know, I'm I'm pretty good at the old football, yeah. so someone's going to come in and buy me. But it's interesting you're saying um, about the the recruitment that Celtic have done in the last few windows. Um, you know, so many fans. There's literally a banner outside Celtic Park. They don't know if it was real or not. So you know, don't shout at me. <laughs> the five Celtic fans listening, to this but podcast. it was entirely <laughs> believable. But it was uh, a banner outside Celtic Park saying "Sack the Board." Um, I, I, as I say, I don't know if it's an old picture or, or whatever. Yeah. But there is a lot of disgruntlement with mm. fans towards Peter Lawwell um, and the funds that he's freeing up for Brendan Rodgers to strengthen his team. Got a list here of all seventeen signings that Brendan Rodgers has made. Um, <laughs> At Celtic, and and this might go some way into um, describing why. Uh, maybe maybe that Peter Lawwell doesn't actually trust Brendan Rodgers with a transfer budget. So, Dembele, good. Edward, good. And Cham, good. Sinclair, good. Then all right. Uh, Roberts was on loan. Still cost money. So that was that was the good. Awful. Still cost still cost money and awful nothing. Uh, and for all of that, you've got Cole Turi, Aburi Kuasi, Scott Bain. Johnny Hayes, Izagiri again for some fucking reason, uh, Gamboa, De Vries, Benu, Comper, Musonda, and then you've got guys like you know Jack Hendry. I still think that he is a, a decent defender and he's just lacking a lot of confidence just now. Still, they paid one and a half million pounds for him, uh, and you've got Lewis Morgan who is, I don't know, fitting lights maybe. I, I don't know what he's doing. Uh, I don't know if he's injured or, or what. Scott Bean, um, guys like that. But I mean, you look at that. And you can kind of see why he's he's not you know chucking millions of pounds at Rogers to, yeah. to go out and sign these guys. He's, he spent you know a, a fair whack on the the guys that are a little bit shit. Marvin Compar in wages alone, um, I think he might be the highest earner at Celtic. I'm not hundred percent on that, but that's that's a rumor that I've heard. So I'm going to paint it as fact. Um, <laughs> you've got Johnny Hayes, who they spent money for. Um, it's not worth it. No, Scott Bean spent money for. You know, there's, there's guys in there that, that money has gone towards. Uh, Abu Kwasi was three and a half million pound. 
you know what I mean? It's, it, it's always a great enjoyment when I remember that and the continual argument that he's, he's young and he'll get better. Like, mate. Aye. But you could also have bought John McGinn for £3.5 million, pounds, who is also young and is actually good and will also get better. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, uh, that, that was me just having a laugh at uh, Brendan Rogers signings for no good reason, to be honest <laughs> with you. I just wanted to say it out loud. But it is, you know, it maybe does paint somewhere towards uh, why Lowell's not giving him millions of pounds of a war chest. Um, and Celtic <laughs> fans are getting pissed off that they're not turning into 1990s Naughty's Rangers. It's really upsetting that we don't have any. After Mark Warburton's gone, we don't really have any puns on War Chest anymore that we can make. Nah, I know. The Warb's Chest is dead. <laughs> uh, any more on this? Um, I, yeah, I, I think we've said. I think we've said. Well, it's been a bit of a joke and um, not solving problems that like trying to fix problems that don't exist. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think. I think you've said it all. So with the, the transfer window, as we say, closing, um, we thought it'd be a good opportunity for us to revisit transfer deadline days past. And discuss the good, the bad, and the fucking terrible. The ghost of deadline day past. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie to you, Graham and Tom. Uh, I've written nothing but Patter signings. I've got That's nothing absolute, good. Yeah, um, I've, I've, I've got a couple of good ones, but um, we can we can we can go wherever we're going to go with that. So who wants to go first? Who are you, Tom? I just quite. I mean, not to like kick Celtic repeatedly, but I'm going to kick <laughs> Celtic <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> Transfer deadline day 2012. Celtic signed Miku. Lubos Kamenmar, Kamenmar and Effie Ambrose on the last day that's I fantastic mean, that is was that the same I, I I was looking at this on the train through was that the same window that they punted um, no it's not sorry I've matter. got that one I know, it's, I know it's what you're talking about <laughs> when, I've got when, that when one. they punted Puke and Baldi and all the guys that they signed like the year before yes I, I think that was and, 2013 and 2013 so they punted Baldi on loan various others and then spent £2.3 million on Stefan Skepovic Skepovic oh, of course Skepovic. Yes, the guy that sounds like an SDI the guy, the guy who they were linked <laughs> had a few cans lads um, <laughs> uh, the guy who they signed they wanted to sign and then decided they weren't going to sign him. And then, because nobody else came in for him, they decided, well, he or he decided, actually, maybe I will go to Celtic because I need to make a living. Um, yeah, very good. Um, I mean, equally, t- 20, uh, 2011, that was 2012. 2011, they signed Mo Bangura and Badr El Kaduri on the last two days of the transfer window. It was not strictly the last day. No, we'll day. count it. If it's Mo Bangura, it will. We'll <laughs> but these <laughs> three and a half million pounds are Mo Bangura. Oh, my God. Like, I mean. No, there's no money. There's no money to spend on players. No money. What else you got, Rob? So, Ryan McGivern. Oh yeah, Man City. Man City to Hibs in 2012. Um, Famously relegated Ryan McGivern. Um, He actually started out all right when Hibs were all right at the start of that season. Had a Um, terrible haircut. So bad. So, so bad. Um, So he started off okay. Obviously, the wheels fell off um, when... uh, Oh, they just fell off um, <laughs> continuously for, uh, for about two years. But uh, I, Ryan McGivern, obviously, he, he signed for Hibs on loan that time. I mean, he was on loan again the season after. Um, and it was just sort of a, a long standing whatever the opposite of a love affair is. Um, and when it comes to loans, you know, Celtic got Patrick Roberts, they got a bunch of goals. Hate to say, a, a, two, a, two, a two year long hate fuck. <laughs> a two year long hate fuck with Ryan McGivern. Um, and, uh, you, you know, obviously, from Man City, you know. Celtic got Patrick Roberts. They got him for two years. You know, this fantastic guy built up a real affinity with the club. Hibbs got Ryan McGowan. Well done, Hibbs. Yep. Um, and I just want to go to another fantastic Patterson here, which is Toby Shaw Silva 
to uh, Inverness Caledonian oh, yeah. Thistle. I saw that name, but I couldn't remember what happened with Toby Show Silva, and I couldn't place quite where up there. I'm fairly certain he. Uh, See the one that's spatting somebody? Aye. Uh, I'm fairly certain he's the guy that also got punched in the face by Juwan Oshaniwa. <laughs> Uh, and he was pretty much that's pretty much the last time we've seen that Cali Thistle it's like punched to, punched into mediocrity by Joe on a junior basically I the boy was uh, absolute yad so um, I have one for one for Gary Cocker um, was in the last day of transfer deadline in was it 2015 Dundee United signed uh, Aaron Cool from Reading and Adam Taggart from Fulham oh sorry Aaron Cool from Reading and Adam Taggart as well from uh, they were the only thing I remember at Aaron Cool is that he had hair like Don Goodman Aye. Um, but was absolute fucking garbage <laughs> kind of faintly like Don Goodman as well to be fair <laughs> sorry Don, Don no Goodman. I feel very bad about that I really like Don Goodman exactly <laughs> um, I mean honestly I've only got shit so if you want to, if you've got another I, I've only got re- I've only got shit really uh, as well I mean in doing this I did think that it was a deadline day signing, and not only was it not a deadline day signing, it was a January signing, and it was January the 7th. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I learned about Miles Anderson, who signed for Aberdeen and played 20 minutes of one game, and uh, has subsequently gone around Europe and played in the, the Italian like Serie C, but only played started his first game in 2013. Fantastic! Excellent. Years in a professional career. Um, I've not deadline day, but no, I was. It's, 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 keeping the pattern going. Nah, speaking it. speaking of a short appearances, um, on deadline day two seasons ago, Motherwell sold Marvin Johnson for a colossal amount of money in the end to well via via, via Middlesbrough, it sold him to Oxford United, and brought in Ryan Bowman. That's Fair right. enough. Target so, was identified. Ryan Bowman came in, had a tough first season, but then broke Fabio Cardozo's nose that we all had a good laugh at. <laughs> Um, and then latterly Luca Belic as well who came in on loan from West Ham who rumour has it Mark McGee had never seen play excellent having been at the club for about six months I'm not sure he'd seen him play either (laughs) he came in played 45 minutes of a reserve game or an under 20 game at Hamilton and then was literally never seen again uh, turned up in the signing zone for three weeks in a row at Firth Park. Brilliant. Um, and that was the only reason anybody knew who he was. So there's a bunch of people, there's a bunch of kids out there who have like signed Luca uh, Belic gear, um, who is now. Collectors, are you? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it's, uh, that just reminded me of uh, Danny Amanqua showing up at a signing day for Harps the other day, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the, boy, the boy's still going. <laughs> Do you know what? Fair play to him. Fair play to him. Why not? Um, so I'm going to continue this patter train to um, th- this was patter for, for different reasons but um, Ricky don't call me Ricky Foster uh, Aberdeen to Fister. Rangers um, in 2010 um, aye, Ricky Fister right? um, giving fist bumps to the Rangers players just before he left yeah enduring the wrath of uh, the Aberdeen support um, for, for obviously crossing the divide I just remember being, that being terribly funny for no real reason other than the fact he's gone from Aberdeen to Rangers and he's not that good. I remember being I remember the over overwhelming feeling being really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it was, really it was more he, he Ricky Foster has played in the Champions League and I mean uh, there are were plenty of Aberdeen fans at the time that would have happily marched him to Ross County or St Johnston. <laughs> it was the principle of it. But it was yeah, they they paid actual money for him and there was a very surreal moment just before uh, uh, when he, um, he he either scored or assisted in a game against Rangers and almost apologised <laughs> like, so I went thanks guys 
Thanks, thanks, guys. Sorry, sorry about that. Sorry about that. I mean, yeah. the the whole the Ricky Foster Rangers really was the gift that kept on giving, as he there was that interview with Seb Forey in the French newspaper, where they'd ask him a question about the independence referendum because that was prevalent at the time. Right. And Seb Forey said that, um, I mean, as a Rangers player, you're expected you're you're going to vote no, but uh, nobody likes Ricky Foster because he keeps telling people to vote yes. <laughs> Which then, again, as I say, the gift that keeps on giving, his performance against Marvin Johnson in the two playoff games was genuinely like an adult just battering a child. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not a child, but just a really small midget. Just getting punched to fuck. Just getting battered. Yeah, uh, aye, good Spe- old. Speaking of Aberdeen, I had, actually, I had a good win, which uh, was James Madison turning mm. up um, yeah, right. at... Uh, Turning up at Aberdeen on deadline day from Norwich, and then again body and Rangers. Aye, he's not amounted to anything though, has he? No, no he's never. That, that, that was the peak of his career. I never kicked on. No. Um, what else have I got? I've got uh, Joe the Goal Gormley, who signed on deadline day from Peterborough uh, to St Johnston. Who, I mean, his nickname was the Goal, which I mean that would indicate that he was a decent striker, a centre forward, and maybe that'd be a good thing. And nah. Nah. nah, I picked him up on a terrace fantasy football team that season and three months into the season he retired from football. <laughs> As it turned out, hanging out with Tommy Wright at St Johnston was just too much for him and he retired from football soon after. Islam Farouz to Hibs. Oh, <laughs> yes. Islam Farouz, um, I think the... Yeah, the only thing he did whilst he was at Hibs was get done for driving uh, without insurance <laughs> and potentially without a license um, through Glasgow, and and that was that was it. I mean, yep. he he came up here making the front page though. Well, that's not speaking the back page, that's that's making the front page. Prime time for us. Yeah, um, yeah he was just <laughs> Islam the goal for us. <laughs> He was just, um, to be fair, I think this this turned out exactly how everyone expected it to turn out after yep. they'd had uh, poor loan spells away from Chelsea previously. Um, he came to Hibs under Stubbs um, and everyone just kind of went, I mean, it could work, but it probably won't. And then it didn't. Uh, I think he played about seven games or something and, and that was your lot. And he was sent back in once again. How ago. far away is he from signing from St Mirren? <laughs> Less than 24 hours. Less yeah. than 24 hours. Uh, what about uh, Ross Callahan? Wraith Rovers. The boy loves the hats. <laughs> the, boy, the boy loves. He loves you you stay very on brand here. He loves the famous. Um, it's a shame because you, know, you can't blame it on lack of endeavour. You can't blame it on you know, off field things. You can't blame it on anything that's patter. He's just not very good at football. Um, he was actually useful in a bunch of games for Hearts last year yeah. when we played a high press uh, won the penalty against Celtic um, that, that gave us the 4-0 and the 4-0 win he was useful in certain games but he's like special teams in yeah. American football you just bring him on to run and that's all he does run and kick that's that's him um, he didn't really offer much else and he will not be a Hearts player come this time tomorrow excellent uh, I've got one more partner one as well. I've got uh, also sorry, he sells Herbalife, so fuck him. No, he's right. <laughs> Boy was utterly appalling. Get him out the door immediately, um, never to be seen again. Please and thank you. Aloha or some shit. Don't care. I uh, I have uh, last day deadline day signing as Rangers were scrabbling around for a certain half. Phil Senderos. So for Saint Phil. <laughs> so I've got it as well. The best <laughs> to last. Dude. <laughs> 
Phil Senderos uh, turning up from Grasshoppers to play at Rangers. And does anyone remember him doing anything other than getting sent off in the first Old Firm game of the season and then them having to play Joey Barton in the centre half? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, that, I thought that's all he did. The so. best thing about that, though, is Philip Sandros had like a very respectable career until that point, and all I can think of, <laughs> like, you know, like he has he's played at World Cups, he's played at World Cups, you know, he's played in Champions League matches, he's 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 got titles in England, and all I can think of is that game. Philip Sandros is an absolute enigma. Um, and he to, does to, look, to start with. He looks like uh, Earthworm Jim. I think I always think he looks like he's been, he's been dropped on his head, just like one, like as a wane. He was dropped on his head maybe one too many times. Aye, but um, it, it's it's astounding because he's, he's got these teams on his CV: Arsenal, obviously, Everton, Newcastle, I believe. Played so many times for uh, for Switzerland. Played around Europe, and I'm pretty sure that every single team he's been at, the fans have been like, "Ah, oh, he's shite." <laughs> <laughs> like every single one, but he still manages to get. A move to these these teams. I mean, you know, even even Rangers, as much as we like to slag them off, a high profile team, and you know, it's it's a, it's a big team to play for. They still got that move when he was like thirty three. It's like his agent must be an absolute diamond plated. Aye, but it's like nobody has ever looked at him and like just before naming the team and gone, he looks really worried <laughs> <laughs> like, all the time. He looks really he's very concerned. So, aye, so it's a chat between the, the manager and the coach. Philip's looking a bit off, eh? He's looking a bit peaky. No, I just play him, it's fine. Like, have you seen the CV? <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's just got like, maybe he has all the clubs he's played for tattooed down the middle of his chest. So he just <laughs> walks in the changing rooms, hands on hips, and it just says Arsenal Everton. He's got his, his entire career's honours list, and he has wee tally marks for how many Swiss caps he's got. He's got the exact Wikipedia list, so it's all, it's <laughs> yeah. all on a table, and it's got in brackets next to it how many games he played and how many goals he scored. Um, yeah. Good Christ. I, I've only got one more um, to throw into this. My memory is apparently shite because I mentioned this in the group chat earlier on. I thought he signed in January. He didn't. He was a summer signing. I now I'm beginning to doubt myself if it was even deadline day, but who cares? Hart spent £400,000 on Christian Nadi in the 2007 summer transfer window. £400,000. £400,000 on Christian Nadi, who, to be fair, started well. I, all I can remember from, from him starting to play for Hearts is he scored against Aberdeen all the time. Every time we played Aberdeen, <laughs> you could get, even if he was on the bench. So did like, Jim Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jim Hamilton hated Aberdeen. Um, Jim Hamilton hates everybody. I think he hates himself. Um, but no, Nadi sort of came in um, and, and he did. He looked decent when he first signed. Um, he, he was played up front. He had a big arm cast on, which is... Um, a big everything. Well, that's very true. But he had one of those arm casts on that, you know, Jamie Vardy made it famous in the modern day game. But whenever a player wears uh, some sort of protective gear on their arm, they score loads of goals and that's just a fact. And that's what happened when he came in. And that came off. And um, basically, you know within months, like he was driving a yellow Lamborghini around Edinburgh that didn't have any tax or insurance on it. And he got caught for that, so obviously that was fucking taken away from him. Um, he ended up being terrible at football, got injured, became worse at football, um, but then scored twice against Hibs. So the Hearts fans were like, <laughs> big Christian, welcome back anytime, because that's how fickle Hearts fans are. As long as you fuck the Hibs, you can come back whenever you want. Graham Weir, terrible footballer, scored twice against Hibs in the last minute. On you come. It's, it's what ridiculous. Can't, it's David Abua. What the fucking David Abua? <laughs> like, last I heard, we're building, we're building a fucking statue of him because he scored that goal against the road. Unbelievable. And that was basically what happened to Christian Nadi. Um, he was at Hearts for far too long, eventually left. Um, but yeah, £400,000 for basically we spent that money 
for one goal that he scored for Sheffield United against Arsenal when he made Colo Touré look like an absolute gimp and then slotted it home. 400 grand for one goal. When you say 400 grand, right, I understand that on... 400? £400,000 is a lot of money for anyone in Scottish football and I understand that as well. But what you have to do is you're looking at it and the way that fans do is it's 400 grand up front. What you need to do is look at it in the way that football clubs do. And it's not four hundred grand up front. It's four hundred grand over the series, over the time that he's at Hearts. Yes. Yeah. But right, that's fine. But you also need to extend that beyond his time at Hearts and the rest of the time he's had in Scotland, right up till his recent unpleasantness. At which point we won't discuss. But the four hundred grand from the moment he arrived at Hearts and the number of times he absolutely fucked off the hips, <laughs> even having having left Hearts years previously, having right. been terrible there. It didn't matter. That four hundred thousand pounds is good. That's good. That's a good investment. He scored twice for Wraith Rovers against Hibs, both in victories, and then he scored for Dumbarton against Hibs and came off doing the 5 1! <laughs> what are you doing, Christian? You big madman, Jesus fuck. Aye, somebody. Yeah. Some keeper. Yeah. Do we have any more deadline day signings? The only other one I had, just because he was dead handsome, was Demetrius Roxelius, who appeared from. The ether, as far as I can tell, it signed for Dumbarton last year to score hundreds of free kicks and is now at Falkirk and is probably miserable. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, we'll move on to our final section of the day, which, I mean, we did it on the Patreon last time and we're very glad to have it back. So we'll bring back, as the people want, do me a solid. Yes. Here we go. Cool. So, uh, on the theme of Jose Mourinho and Aretha Franklin, who in Scottish football has it earned your respect through the commitment to Patter? Willow Flood. <laughs> There's no danger any of that was on purpose. Right? He's he's just basically said like I mean from the moment that the whistle was blown in that Dundee United Livingston playoff final, he's like, Do you know what, I'm going out and I'm going out with a fucking bang. Here we go. Here we go, boys. This is my present. <laughs> right? And he just fucking he just went for it and then obviously the Dunfermline thing, the Bally United thing, uh, back at Dundee United now. Um, just generally Willow Flood I think his commitment to the lulls as it is uh, so well so nicely put you can't beat that yeah and again even following on from that as well having left Dundee United and then having to come back yeah excellent because he has training there now as well yeah he looks like a cross between a Stone Roses fan and a bad dream (laughs) (laughs) Tom so I mean out of out of a to honour Aretha properly, I think you need to have someone like the way that she like moved in and out of songs and had amazing timing and just all, all these things and was you know longevity and been around for such a long time. So the only way I could properly honour with a Scottish football uh, pattern representative is Alan McGregor, <laughs> who seems to have immaculate timing at accidentally kicking Chris Maguire and accidentally headbutting that boy from Apple Tel Aviv and uh, accidentally punching Fernando Torres in the face just like immaculate time and then I like frog splashing Hartley at the weekend the best one that I ever saw from Al McGregor uh, was at Tynecastle and it was right in front of me section Z and uh, Callum Elliott mind him um, <laughs> the boy who found his commute from Edinburgh to Motherwell too far away because <laughs> he, he couldn't drive Jesus Christ, Carl. Could have been such a good player. But basically, he was he was chasing down McGregor. It was a bouncing ball. And, um, you know, Elliot was basically winding down as he was running towards him. He was like, right, McGregor's got this. It's no bother. 
McGregor jumped into the air, caught the ball, and uh, as Calhoun was turned round, he fucking fly kicked him directly in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> like it was one of the most perfect dick shots I've ever seen from Al McGregor. And and the referee just came over and went, that's fine. That is, no, that's that's right, you're allowed to do that. You were you were challenging the goalkeeper and Calm Hill was saying, No, no. I mean other people have kids. <laughs> <laughs> you done to me? So yeah, I uh, know I'm, I'm fully on board with it's that. It's just um, you know, in my at the time, it was it was a debut for Hull when he punched Fernando Torres in the in the face and gave away a, a penalty and then saved the penalty. Yeah, but, you yeah. know, like that that kind of uh, that kind of commitment to uh, immaculate timing and just being perfectly on the beat and Legendary. over such a long time, <laughs> over such a the long gift period. that keeps giving. Well, and we've guy. not even touched, you know, sticking the V's up and getting drunk. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel sugar. <laughs> I feel really left out, and I feel I feel a bit cheated now because my enduring commitment to battle was actually um, Christian Nadi on the boot. <laughs> I'm really sorry. You know, like, however, you can also chuck in Rudy Scatchel for pretty much exactly the same reasons there. Because number one, at Hearts, obviously sensational, a legend for the Hearts fans. I think you can see quite comfortably. Oh, easily, yeah, yeah. Two Scottish Cup wins. Um, <laughs> And then heading on to Dundee United, where he did not give a shit, but took 51 as his squad number. And Peter Houston said, oh, I didn't realise the significance. Aye, very good, Peter. Very good, Peter. Jesus Christ. He and turned up for his first press conference at Dundee United. And like, obviously they were like, right, so you just need to say your name, position, number. And I for him knew who he was, but they had to go through it. And he was like, really scratched, tourist. <laughs> okay, yes. He didn't care about Dundee United in the slightest. Again, for a, for a guy from the Czech Republic to turn up in Scotland... And absolutely have permanent residence in the temporal lobe of so many Hibs fans Aye. to this day. Uh, given that, obviously played against uh, Hibs for Wraith Rovers as well, came off doing a five-one, which led to an absolute meltdown of Hibs fans for something which is it's done. Like life goes on. He also um, this, this is well forgotten, but when he was at Dundee United, he nearly scored the greatest goal I've ever seen in my life against Hibs. 35 yards out he hit it a flush on the volley from a corner <laughs> and it bounced off the underside of the bar and went out and I was like that would have been my favourite scratch the cunt scored in three cup finals for Hearts and that would have been my favourite ever Rudy Scatchel goal what a guy anyway anyway sorry I, you should never no you're fine you're fine, you're fine you're fine I could do an entire Rudy Scatchel podcast moving, moving you are on. stripped to the waist now <laughs> <laughs> his nipples are rock hard Could <laughs> cut glass uh, your manager's fallen out with more and more influential figures in the dressing room and with every passing day you can't afford to sack him who do you get in to work as a mediator between him and the players Tom Pedro get Pedro get Pedro in I mean what what better uh, opportunity to build some bridges and uh, stand in the middle of a hedge for no reason <laughs> to you know to soothe an angry support than a crazy Mexican who looking for work uh, no, it's a match made in heaven. I think there's no what, what, what better what better time than now when yeah everything's. Better. I miss him. I miss him terribly. I miss him terribly. I miss him every what day. a lovely man. He's like a what? cartoon character. He's we, 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 we discussed this. He looks like the bad every body in Tintin. Aye, yeah. Aye. You He's... couldn't you, if if he didn't exist, you would want to invent him, and <laughs> and no one would believe you if you did. Like the, the, he was, this, he was that perfect kind of cartoon character. It was my uh, my friend of the podcast Nicola who discovered that uh, the thing about the caravan moving and the dogs keep the, the dogs keep barking and the caravan moves on. Apparently, that's not made up. That's an entirely legitimate thing. 
I, I utterly <laughs> believe that that is a real thing. Absolutely um, legitimate and real thing which continues and yeah. Great. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Pedro Cushing, yeah, bring him back, man. What a fucking legend. Who have you got, Rob? Uh, Willie Collin. <laughs> <laughs> Another man who unites Scottish football, Twitter. And that is why I'm saying that he would be the best, because the entire dressing room, the fans alike, would be united in their hatred. <laughs> <laughs> Of, uh, of Willie Collum uh, yeah I no other reason than that other than everyone hates him like managers players probably himself everyone hates him he, there's got no time for him at all um, referee Andrew Dallas is a, a new one that, that folk are coming to hate really quickly and I think he could step into Willie Collum's shoes um, when he eventually does retire but yes Willie Collum to bring to bring dressing rooms around the country together he should just do a road show everyone would be strong as fuck <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> the Willie Col- the Willie Collum the Willie Collum Roadshow the Willie Collum Roadshow excellent. It's not going to sell out, is it? <laughs> <laughs> You've just been disowned by a bunch of paranoid, ungrateful pals who make banners and then bent it right up them by doing them a solid. Who do you ask to help you ensure that you get the last laugh as you burn your way out of the friendship? This is a tough one for me. Um... Gonna go for Andy Webster. <laughs> gonna go for Big Webby. Yeah. Um. I. I mean. That, this. This was a, a. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I didn't really understand the question. <laughs> so I just went for Andy Webster because I, I'm assuming obviously it was Dedrick Boyata and, and all that kind of stuff. Andy Webster was despised uh, by Hearts fans when he left for Wigan in inverted commas yep. by the fucking Rangers because of the JD deal. Everyone knows it, Andy. Everyone knows it. And then he went to Rangers six months later. Um, and then obviously all the Hearts fans were like, right, you manufactured your move away from Hearts, you bell end. Hope you never come back. You got dogs abuse. And then he came back. <laughs> <laughs> and then he came back and he won the Scottish Cup and he captained Hearts in European ties. He captained them to a, a League Cup final and everyone loved him again. Uh, and I, I think that he sort of, just by being quite fucking good at football, uh, was able to get back on board. Um, my favourite thing about Andy Webster just is by the by uh, horrendous Rangers career uh, whereby he pretty much lied about being injured and then he won the Scottish Cup at Dundee United and Hearts <laughs> what a boy yeah yeah. we've already, we've already spoken about him before but uh, uh, Ricky Foster going to uh, Rangers and you know playing at the, the highest level and and everyone being very puzzled by it but then coming back and being given the captaincy at Aberdeen um, very was, good was uh I mean, it built many a bridge between fans because everyone was united and loathing <laughs> him. <laughs> uh, I, I took a slightly different take and I went with Wim Janssen. Oh, I <laughs> Just on the basis that he got it right up, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I left. See you after that, man. Joe, cheery bye. I'm Aff- away with my League Honours medal. I am out of here. Afsky. No, that's a good one, actually. Yeah. No, that's right. Uh, uh, you're the creative director on a movie set, and you need to get a, you need to get a member of the Scottish football fraternity in as a convincing baddie. Who do you pick as the baddie in your film? Hmm. Well, Lauren Shankland looks a bit like Megamind. <laughs> <laughs> so, holy fuck, he does! Fucking god. I mean, it would be child-friendly, it would be fine. That's like in the way so, that Dick Campbell looks like Gru, but it's, <laughs> he's not really a baddie of sorts. Um, good Christ, I, that's, that's So that, that was my... That's you know, absolutely sensational. Very strong. Uh, millions. I'm, I'm going with uh, Carl McHugh 
the Prince of Donegal. Um, mainly, cause, mainly because I just wanted to bring this up more than anything else, but McHugh, after his goal, I don't know whether everybody noticed that, I certainly did. The way in which McHugh stares down the Rangers support in the south stand at Firth Park is by miles and miles my low-key highlight from Sunday. As he just properly eyeballs as many as the Rangers fans as he possibly can. And then even when everyone's grabbed him and celebrating, still staring them out. He's got that he's got that look in his eyes of, Do you know what? I am fucking mental. You won't I'm not gonna be not a big thing, not a big thing, but I will shiv you. <laughs> like if I get the opportunity, I will finish you off there. I think for me, having just come up with this on the spot, but I think it's quite a good one. Not as a main baddie, right? But see some like one of the sidekick baddies who's got a laugh like <laughs> like that's why Kyle Lafferty. <laughs> Kyle Lafferty as well as that he looks like a, he looks like something like a Tim Burton film so that probably helps <laughs> Kyle Lafferty looks like a late entrant to Wacky Races he's fucking incredible and I, I reckon yeah Kyle Lafferty would be a phenomenal baddie because he'd be great at getting under the skin of folk and winding them up but at the end of the day you know he's he's got sort of like a lovable baddie yes because of his dedication to Pat I did notice today that he had uh He'd shared a video of Dario's and that scoring a goal, being like, "On you go, Dario!" Like, you still, you're still, you're still big into the hearts, aren't you, mate? He's, he's definitely big into the hearts because there's so many Union Jacks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, final, final, do me a solid. Um, you're being turned down by new managers left, right, and centre. Who do you ask to help you convince someone to take on your basket case of a club which has been destroyed by Paul Hartley? Juwan Oshaniba's agent. Because if he can convince folk that he's a good player, then fuck me to death. If he can convince someone to go to Falkirk Football Club, fair play to him, and I reckon he's got to be a good shout. Also, Marvin Comper's agent. Um, pretty much a lot of terrible footballers' agents um, <laughs> would be adept uh, at getting folk to buy into something that they really, really, really shouldn't do. As well as that, they could try and shift some of the piles of players that Paul Hartley signed as well. So that's, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, is it 17 players? He gave two year deal to Dimitris Petrovicius. That's a red light. that's a red flag for me. <laughs> and he, he fucking dissolved the youth yep. academy as well. Jesus. I mean it's kind of art. You take a team that's nearly <laughs> you know, they're 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 like chip chapping on the door for top flight football. They've got a notoriously good youth team and you just explode it. Like Yoko Ono would it's love like, it. It's like the KLF bombing a million pounds. It's exactly, it? it's exactly that. It's like, it's, but probably more expensive. I just, yeah, I, yeah, I just love that, that for Paul Hartley's managerial career that spans back to 2014, 2013 when he started with Alawa. Um, he's had about eight good months <laughs> and that's it he got Dundee up um, obviously and he did well with Alloa yeah and that's it and uh, aye, he was on the shortlist for uh, the most recent Hearts job as well I reckon that's the moment Craig Levine went nah fuck <laughs> <laughs> if that, guys guys <laughs> if, if that's the best candidate we've got I'm fucking doing it instead um, Jesus Christ good lord aye so that was I think so. I think it is. Yeah. Sensational. I think it is. Thank you once again for listening. Um, we are off to do the Patreon now. We will be doing a mailbag. Yes. Um, so thank you for everyone that submitted questions to that. Um, if you'd like to subscribe to the Patreon, you're patreon.com slash terrace podcast. You can subscribe for $2 a month uh, or $7 a month if you want a t shirt and other bits and pieces. Uh, we are all available on social media. We're all available on Twitter. 
You know what to find us on Twitter, Terrace Podcast, and Terrace Podcast on Facebook as well. If you want some creepy DMs, follow us on Instagram as well. Um, it's mainly just anti hips jokes on there now, as far as I I mean, Joel Sked has got the keys, um, <laughs> and he won't he won't be giving them up anytime soon. No. So uh, good. Uh, so thank you very much for coming in today, Tom. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rob. No bother. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.